everybody, welcome to another drive through board game blog. Uh, today I'm going to add some more items to my blacklist. Before we get to that, uh, just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, so I'm back from BGGCon and I have a lot of games to play and review and I'm sort of very behind in the queue. And those of you that watch my videos a lot will notice that I will make a change from doing like the still images and that kind of stuff, which I really enjoy. And I think a lot of people really enjoy uh, back to sort of the normal like waving hands thing. I kind of apologize for that because the other ones take me a lot more time to edit and I like them better, but I also like talking about games and there's going to be a, a, quite a few games that I want to talk about here over the next month. So we'll probably see less of that sort of lesser quality, I guess you could say. It's just a different style really, but um, so that's what that's about. I just I'm behind <laughs> and more than I've ever been, which is a weird thing to talk about, but that is another subject, I think, and so I've got some more games coming for you next week, uh, but let's get these out of the way, and then we can go back to happy times. <laughs> uh, so the first one is Epic, uh, which is a game that was on Kickstarter last year by the designers and developers and publishers of uh, Star Realms, which I really enjoy. Uh, this one I do not enjoy whatsoever. Uh, I was pretty disappointed in this one. I think I might be built up a little bit in my head of what the game wanted to be or what I thought it wanted to be. I got into it where I got all of the decks, like three decks to be able to do cube drafting and stuff like that. And played this one, hmm, more than five times. I, don't, I kind of lost count there. But I played it a few different ways, you know, tried like constructing decks, using the pre-constructed decks, doing drafting and everything like that. And the problem with the game for me is it can take like five minutes to play a game. Not every time, and sometimes you can have games that are kind of down to the wire, so to speak, but it either is just the amount of card pool that's there, which I don't think that's the case. I haven't sat down and like try to math it out, uh, but I th it just plays super random and quick. And like you can spend a lot of time drafting and constructing decks and trying to build like a synergy, but it really comes down to just sort of, you know, top decking. That's what it really felt like to me. You can get synergies and stuff, but it just doesn't really fit well. It's very back and forth. It's kind of like a lot of times what happens is like you'll clear, uh, you know, your opponent's side of the board and then you get cleared and you set up these cool little combos. And there's some interesting, you know, stuff there. So I think people, some people will like it, but I was looking for something a little bit deeper than what the game gives me. So I was, I was kind of disappointed in that. And it's not something I ever want to play. And I got it mainly for, this is my, where the main letdown is, is I got it mainly for the drafting. And the drafting does take, you know, a little bit of time uh, the way you do it, especially if you were to play with like eight players. And then the game itself, the actual playing of the game is not worth that investment in time. I would say if you want to play it, grab just a couple of the uh, the pre-constructed decks and just play with those and that's probably fine. Or just randomly do it as well. And that's to me is the letdown. It's like, okay, I feel like I just would play it randomly and that'd be just as good as if I spent 30 minutes drafting it, you know. So that's that one. The next one is uh, Queen's Architect. And this is one that is kind of a near miss. There's a lot that I really like about the game. I like uh, the game, if you're not familiar with it, you get these workers and there's like these hexes that you can rotate and as you use them, they sort of degrade or sometimes they get better uh, and the skills are very different. So that's very kind of thematic and you kind of send them off and, and build different buildings and use their different abilities sometimes and everybody has like a personal rondelle that you sort of attach these workers to and then you can you know crank them up and get them back up send them to the tavern and arrest them and it works really well it's really well put together but the way that you get points in the game is you randomly deal out these point tracks these point tiles on this track 
and you need a certain number of points to go up to the next level. So it might be a seven and then a six. So if you get 13 points, you can go boom, boom, and go up both of the, the tiles and move up this sort of ladder. And it's, it's completely random in every game. And you can get in a situation where you know, you're trying to race and, and sort of build buildings before other people to get extra bonuses and stuff, because uh, you get less points if you get in there later. Um, so somebody can get to a point where it's not, I wouldn't call it a runaway leader problem, but they get the lead, they played well, so they, they beat you, that's fine. But then it's like, okay, these last two rounds are foregone conclusions. And I can't stand that in a game where it's just like, okay, so I just get to do nothing at the end. So the end just goes, and like the balloon deflates out of the thing. And you have that super random scoring track, which just really pulls me, you know, out of the theme and everything. So a near miss, got some cool elements from the Euro side of things. But at the end of the day, it's just not satisfying at the end at all. Uh, next one in a similar vein is uh, Smog on Her Majesty's Service, which is from Cool Mini or Not Games. A very different game uh, from them. They've done some Euro-y style of games, I and mean, Blood Rage is kind of a Euro, and then also Dogs of War, which is kind of a Euro. And I, I really enjoyed both those games, actually. Uh, this one I didn't. It's also a near miss. There are parts of it that I like. It has these little twisting dials all over the board, and you're trying to basically path out your little worker to go out and get different things and collect different resources and sort of unlock these weird gates. It's been eh, maybe two months since I played, so I'm sort of vague here. But you go out and get these, and you try to just kind of get out of this weird sort of metaphysical bazaar in this weird underworld, which is really weird. It has a lot of neat stuff. It has got some cool mechanics. But again, the end game gets very sort of just deflates the balloon. And then you've also got these cards that you can like rotate the entire board, which is funny the first time it happens. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, well, all right, you know, that's just like, okay, so you got a card and then shifted everything and now I don't win and you win, which doesn't bother me. I don't mean, if you watch my reviews, you know, I don't mind luck in games and I don't mind winning by luck. You know, if we both played well, it's going to come down to luck anyway, even if it's, well, not chess, but. You know, but there's certain games where it's like we play equally well and it's decided by luck. Well, that's because we played equally well. I'm okay with that. This one, though, it's a little bit too sort of pathway puzzle type of thing without anything else. There's not really much theme once you get into the mechanics. And it's just purely like turning the dials to, you know, hopefully be in the right position. And especially when you play with four. He can, you know, the board can completely change. So there's not a lot that you can really get into. It's just one of those near miss. It's like, it's pretty good. It's designed how it should be designed, except maybe like the cards that are crazy random. You could probably tweak that, you know, for my sort of Monday morning quarterback, but I don't like it. <laughs> so that's how it is. Uh, let's see. Number, next one is uh, Rise of the Kage or Cage. Uh, this is a new game, the first board game uh, from this company. They do uh, Bushido uh, miniature games and some other miniature lines, I think, in that sort of same universe. This one is basically unplayable out of the box, which is disappointing, because uh, the rulebook is missing a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff I don't understand from reading the rules, and just a lot of exceptions that can come up. It seems like it's a pretty simple game, but then you just get in a lot of situations like, okay, well, what do I do here? And you know, when I got on the forums to try to figure it out, I was like, okay, so everybody is having this problem. The reason I mentioned it, I almost didn't want to mention it because it's like, you know, it's their first board game. They're not really a board game company. And they kind of, that seems like a sort of a um, modus operandi. A lot of these miniature companies will come in, and, not a lot. Some of the miniature companies will come in and create a board game. And they're like, oh, they're kind of fast and loose with the rules. You can fudge it kind of like you would an RPG, um, which is fine. I mean, that's how you want to do it. That's how you want to do it. 
But I think there's a lot of potential here because the sort of three quarters of a game that I was able to get through, then it was cool. It seemed interesting and it seemed like it had a lot to it. And it seemed like it just, maybe it just needs a rule book update. And if that's it, then that's all it needs. Um, maybe it needs you know, another pass on the development cycle or something like that. Uh, so I bring it up because maybe folks will have interest in it. You can go check it out. Um, I wouldn't definitely recommend getting it now, but maybe something to watch out for if they come out with a second edition. Because it's when I got it, I thought it was going to be kind of like a Fury of Dracula or you remember the old ninja game from AEG where you're kind of sneaking around, but it's not. It's kind of like playing Descent or you know Imperial Assault. You've got a one versus many, but it's ninjas and it has this cool little like hidden movement mechanics where you try to go in and it's got a way to sort of randomize the scenarios and hide different treasures where the ninjas are supposed to go up and you know try to find it and then escape. So it's sort of like a hidden movement, uh, you know, uh, dungeon crawl kind of thing where you know one versus many with an overlord kind of thing. So it's got a lot of cool elements and a really different kind of thing, and I was super excited about it, but it just like it didn't come through on the delivery of the package. So I kind of hope somebody does a game like this or takes this and revamps it or just spins off a whole new game because I think it's a really cool concept. And that's why I bring it because, you know, it's, it's a game nobody's really even heard of. So why even like take the time to, you know, smash on it like I'm supposedly doing right now? And this is why, because I think it's got potential. Uh, the next game is not a game that nobody's heard of. Uh, this is the Runebound uh, third edition. And this is a game I played twice and uh, wants to like it really bad because I'm really looking for a nice adventure game that is not a co-op. Now, one of my favorite games of all time is Defenders of the Realm, and to me it has its full of like adventure and flavor, and you know, it's got the questing in it, it's not a huge deal, but it like really kind of adds to the game, it adds to the spirit of the game, and there's a lot of other stuff. Um, but I really want an adventure game that is not a co-op. Um, and I was kind of hoping that this new edition of Runebound would fit that for me. It has a lot of good, good elements. Uh, now, I have never played the old edition, so I think the movement dice in it are the same, where you kind of roll and you have different terrains and you can move based on that. That's cool. I kind of didn't like that at first, but then after we played it a couple times, I got into it because it was very interesting how you had to do the movement where you got to be very careful when you roll that dice because you want to roll it when you have options available to you. Because if you kind of get yourself into a corner and roll, you're like, you shouldn't be rolling now because then you're, you really are relying on one type of face to come up to move through that type of terrain. That was cool. I liked that part. It was a very interesting movement mechanic. And you can reuse that to actually explore in the terrain. And sometimes you get bonus items that you roll the, the terrain die and you get bonuses for being in certain terrain. That's a really cool mechanic. And that's my favorite part of the game. Now what you do is you kind of, you know, you put your figure down and you're a different character and you get random skills. So they're not really any skills per your class. You get, everybody gets one basic skill that's their own. Um, but then you can, you can spend time to learn those skills and put those out and then you can get items. And I'm getting to the part I don't like. And you get items that you can add to your repertoire as well. And you start in this edition with these discs that you shake up and you throw out and then one of your opponents will take on the form of the monster, or you can even fight your opponents too. And they'll take a similar disc and they'll shake them out. And then you'll kind of do onesie twosie, like, okay, I do damage to you, but you block it with the shield. Now you go and you activate an ability to kind of queue up more damage on a later round of combat. Then I come back at you. You kind of go back and forth. It takes a little bit of time when you first do it. It's a little bit sloggy to get into, but then by the end of the first game, 
it was really quick. He was like, and you could just kind of piece out, okay, what will happen? You'll block this. So I'll take two damage, you take two damage or whatever, and then you keep going. Uh, the problem with that is as you kind of progress, you need more of those tokens to be able to do, you know, be effective and be a really cool fighter and combatant. And a lot of that is reliant on the getting the items, which cost you money and you can be in different towns. And the quests that come up may not always give you money. Like you might do a good job of completing quests, but none of them really give you any money to do any getting the items and stuff. And somebody else might get a bunch of stuff to get money and they may not get the, uh, you know, get the quest to get uh, different lore and different things like that, or even get uh, the different uh, quest rewards. You turn over the quest cards and you turn them into, that's how you actually learn the skills in your hand and stuff. So the problem is it's really boring basically for me. That's where I kind of come down on it. It's kind of neat design. I feel like there's like something missing though because like I want to get some items but I don't get anything that gives me money and it's, you know, there's not really a good way to get money other than that. And the game kind of just moves along at a really good clip. You kind of play through this track twice and then it'll activate like a boss, at least in the, we played like the one scenario twice. Um, there's, it only comes with two scenarios, which to me, I don't know, maybe it's not lacking, but it's a little bit lacking. And there's enough randomness to kind of change the scenarios up, I think. But this is another one where I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's like, I think it's designed how it's meant to be designed, but I don't like it. And I actually come down on with the whole token combat. At the end of the day, we got better at it, but I didn't like it because I'd rather just like do something where you, I don't know, every game is like this. You roll some dice and you apply these modifiers and then you have dice cancel each other out or something, and you know, something that I can just go boom. And then I, like two rounds of combat, not like, it's five or six rounds of combat. When you get to the end, you're like, oh, okay, this is this again, you know? Um, and just to figure out, like, you take one damage and I take three, you know? Like, was, and there is some choice into it, but there's not a lot of, like, layers of decision in that whole token thing. So it's not worth it, I don't think, at the end. I think there's something else that could do something else. So it needs another pass, you know? I, I don't know. It just really fell flat for me. And I find, like, I had more... Uh, more feel of adventure and fun with Relic, which is basically Talisman in 40k. And I'm really having a hard time sort of justifying that to myself. I'm like, how is Relic more fun than Runebound? I don't understand how that's possible. And I think it is because in Relic, you have more to manipulate with your characters from the beginning. You've got the little stats and you can get different items and all that kind of stuff too. And you kind of get them quicker and you know, it's just a lot more kind of going on and it just, I don't know. It's just like you have a little bit more to do right at the beginning of Relic. Whereas Ruban, there is sort of a buffer in front. You're like, oh, can we just get to like the midpoint of the game where I've got some stuff and then we can play the last half of the game. So, and then, I've, you know, I've also got Relic with the expansions, which actually really helps the game quite a bit. Um, so this is a game I think will be div divisive and possibly I will get flamed or, you know, people will disagree respectfully, hopefully. And, you know, with this one, because I think people will like this. But I don't know. I think a lot of people won't like it either, honestly. Okay, uh, so I got two more to go. Uh, next one is Time Stories. Um, this is another one that I've come down. I can't, this is actually reverse of uh, oh of, an, of a game that I'm, I just did a video of. <laughs> I was thinking of it. I haven't mentioned that. Oh yeah, that's a game I actually reviewed. The other game uh, I'll mention actually is uh, the Bloody Inn. I actually started out not liking that one and then grew to like it. You'll see the video, obviously. 
Um, this one, Time Stories, I kind of started out liking it, but then, no, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> but I think it has potential to be liked by me. Now, the problem with this, I'm not going to give any spoilers away at all, but if you've heard of it, you probably have if you're watching this video. You know, it's a, you get one case, and you kind of go through this deck of cards, and there's different puzzles and different rooms that you can move around to, and you're time traveling back into time. And there's two cases out for it now, and I've played the one main case in the main box, and then we started the other case, the Marcy case. And we finished the, the main case. Um, that was a lot of fun. That definitely is the better case of the two, I think. It has a little bit more puzzly types of stuff. If you think sort of like, uh, I don't know, Zork or Mist or some of those old games, you're trying to like draw clues and relationships to each other and sort of figure out like these keys and things to sort of unlock different parts of the mission. Um, it's got that. And then the bit that we played of the second case uh, was didn't really have much of that, a little bit, but it was mostly like a lot of dice rolling. Um, and this has dice rolling in, in a way that I don't like because one of the things you do, and this is not a spoiler, as you sort of progress down this time track, um, you spend actions and you spend time and that's fine. But then when you move from like one main location to another, you roll a die and you lose a certain amount of time. And I thought first, that's fine. You know, it's just a little bit of a pressure cooker kind of thing. But then after a while, after we had to like repeat a mission three times, then I was like, okay, so now I'm back in the same room where I was at and I gotta do this again and this again. And yes, you can like push through it and just kind of do it faster, but sometimes you, it tells you to like, you know, roll a die for an encounter or something. And you're like, okay, I guess we should roll even though we succeeded last time <laughs> or failed. And it's like, you just do the same thing over again. And I come down on that, like not liking that. I don't like that. I don't like the time travel idea of it. So, the first story though was very rewarding, I thought. It had this really cool puzzle at the end, which we struggled with for like half hour. And that was cool to kind of figure that out. And there was a couple other little puzzles like that. Um, but there, it, need, it needs a rules around it. Now the first case, we didn't have too many problems. I think there was like one major question that we had that was just not very clear at all in the rule book. Um, and then with the second case, though, there was a lot of things. A lot of things that I can't really spoil, but there were certain like tokens that you had. We're like, can we trade these? Like, I don't know, can I just give them to you? Can I use them on you? Like, there's a couple other things which I've forgotten. Um, but to me, the game is so, and it basically broke the game at the point where it was like, it was so fragile that we didn't want to like, you know, spoil anything for us or cheat. But on the other hand, you know, in some of the cases where we're like running through the mission for the third time, we're like, Oh, who cares? Go grab the card out of the deck. We know which card it is. We have to go look at this thing. Yes, it's a it's an item or a room location, and we should have wrote it down on a note paper, but I don't care. I want to look at it, and we're trying to figure out this other puzzle here. You tell me I have to go back to this stupid room, that's the way the rules are written, and go through it again, just so I can get this thing, and then maybe roll and fail again. And there's one thing, there's one encounter, okay? And this is like, I'm not gonna tell you where it is and when it is or which case it's in, but there's a thing where you fight something and kill it and then you roll a die to see if it comes back to full life. Mm -mm. That is like, I was done. And I'll tell you what we did. I actually encountered this particular thing, killed it twice. At the second time I killed it, I rolled it and it came back to life and I said, nope, we beat it. <laughs> I'm done. I'm not fighting it again. That's stupid. That's. I'm sorry to a designer. I mean, fine, I get it's thematic and you made a decision and I'm not saying it's a bad decision, but I hated the heck out of it. And I, I was like, done. I'm like, whatever, I don't care, this is dumb. We're moving on. 
that's just my reaction to the design because I know I know I'm coming off strong and I don't want to come off against the person for I don't think the person's dumb for making that they made a choice so I mean I could have made the same choice but I friggin hated that <laughs> so that's time stories it's very fragile I like the concept and I want to sort of leave off I could play this again I will not play the second case because I didn't like it but like you know there's a fantasy sort of case I think coming out and there's some other ones like I'd be apt to go in and say hey you guys are going to do this there's probably a thousand other games I'd rather play but if you I was with a group that really wanted to play it I'd sit down and probably go through it on the chance that we could have a really cool story because there were a lot of elements I liked in that first case but it's not a game almost to me because I don't like that whole running through thing I do not like that oh I should say probably don't play through a case in one sitting either and break it up but i still i'm just not a big fan of like oh let's play that exact same thing again we already did <laughs> all right the last one is an odd one and i'll this is a weird one because this again a lot of this is kind of the theme with this particular list here there's a lot of stuff i like in these games and then there's stuff at the end of the day that makes me you know not recommend the game so to speak um <clears throat> Uh, forgive me, I've always wanted to say this on video, so I'm just going to do it. Uh, so does Shut Up and Sit Down recommend this game? I don't know why that sticks in my head all the time. I know it sticks in a lot of your head, too. But Shut Up and Sit Down, or me, does not recommend this next game, even though I'm going to say a lot of neat things about it, I think. And that is Unusual Suspects. And so this is interesting. i got to give you a little bit of backstory and sort of extraneous sort of environmental uh, information here. This is, uh, was presented to me as racism the game when I first heard about it. And I was like, okay, that sounds awful. Uh, what are you talking about? And so they explained the game to me, and I kind of got it. So I explained the game to you as it was explained to me. And then I had a chance to actually play it. I think we played like three rounds of it, three games of it. Um, so you lay out 12 cards, and there's a giant stack of cards with um, pictures of people. All races, ages, different style of dress. And I should say there are videos on this if you feel like you want to go chase it down so you can get a better idea. So you put out 12 of these just random people. Uh, one person is like the witness, and they're kind of like the ghost in Mysterium where they can't speak. But they have a stack of these question cards. And then all the other players are trying to guess which one of these 12 people is the murderer. Now the person that is the ghost or the witness, they get a card like code names that tells them where on the grid of the people that are out on the board is the murderer. So they don't get to choose the murderer, but they're told it is. And then they have a stack of these random questions like, uh, you know, does this person have a smartphone? And then you have a yes pile and a no pile. And they have to look at the people on the board and say, okay, based on how these people look and nothing else, would they own a smartphone? So that's how it was explained to me. And I'm like, oh yeah, cool. I can see how you could be a total jerk with this game or at least like step into that role very quickly. And then when we played it, I was like, oh, instantly, I'm like, yep, there's no way to play this game. It's like unplayable because you can't not make an incorrect stereotyped decision, not just based on race or, or gender or how somebody dresses, but it's just like, you can't play the game because you, if you show me a picture of 12 people and you said, which one of them has a smartphone? I would just tell you, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they have a smartphone. I'm just looking at their faces, right? I mean, that's the answer that everybody should come up with, right? And so we played the game, and then I was like, okay, well, this game's off. Instantly horrible. Uh, we said, well, let's play it. 
And then we played a few times and we had, you know, we made jokes about people. There was, you know, I'll, I'll share some of the jokes I said. And I said, well, this guy's obviously a hipster douchebag. He, I don't even remember the question. I just remember that because I made such a jerky comment. And I was like, well, obviously he's a douchebag. Look at him. Look at the way he's dressed, you know. And then I was like, oh, no, no, she's a total spinster. Look at her. She's old. She's got a bunch of cats. I mean, awful, right? And then, you know, so we just got into that role of just being jerks. And, you know, you could kind of take that, yeah, I'm being a jerk or yeah, I'm not. But then I talked to some other people about how they played it. And two, two things that came up, and this is very interesting to me, and I think there's merit in the design, even if the end product probably doesn't have any merit at all. <laughs> this first one was, okay, they flipped the table and they said, okay, instead of the people and the cards on the table, they said, let's use everybody at the table and then we'll just make up questions. And it'll say like, is this person a racist, you know, or, you know, you know what I mean? So they would, and then they would say, you know, Joel was the murderer. So they would say yes or no. You should have to point out and like do these really difficult questions about who was actually at the table instead of these random faceless nobodies, you know, that don't exist. And I was like, that's pretty cool. That's interesting psychology. And then the other thing was like, you know, what if you threw this group, uh, these different groups, uh, with the game and like you had like, you know, just people from New York City and you did like, you know, you separate them by race and gender and all kinds of stuff and you could do all these like crazy lab experiments with them and see what the answers were with like the same, you know, set of questions and faces. I like that's neat. But the most interesting thing to me was, and this is where I kind of liked the game, was like, let's pretend that you're Donald Trump or let's pretend you're Chris Rock or whatever. And then you get into it. And I was like, that's the cool part, the Donald Trump thing, whatever. But the Chris Rock thing, I was like, cool. That, that's how I want to play the game. Because the funny thing is to be admit, to admit to you, like when you see a question, where does my mind go in relationship to who is going to relate to that question, yes or no? Well, obviously I have a giant subconscious of media blasted information in here because I was born in the United States of America in 1976 when color TVs and the news and everything. And now we have 2015 with social media and whatever. So anybody that doesn't say that they have like crazy dumb thoughts, even if they know that they're BS thoughts and false, they have thoughts from watching stand-up comedians mostly and watching different TV shows and portrayals of, oh, this person is like this, so they must have these issues that they deal with in life. Meanwhile, they have a whole other set of issues that you don't even know about, and that's the issues they have to deal with. Anyway, I'm kind of going on a tangent, but I like that idea of like pretending that, okay, Joel is the witness or the, or the, uh, the ghost, but they're pretending they're Chris Rock or they're pretending that they're I don't know, Derek Jeter or George Bush or something. You know, somebody famous, so you can kind of break in that crazy psychological piece of it. I'm like, that's kind of neat to sort of push in that sort of area where games can kind of get at because, you know, we have social deduction games, but we don't have any of these like social pop culture kind of things other than like, hey, do you remember what your Star Wars came out or, you know, what was the material that Han Solo was frozen in and like dumb stuff like that. Um, that would be kind of interesting stuff. I don't think it would make a very good game, but that's where I kind of like engaged with the game and really got into it. And I was like, cool, let's just destroy this thing, you know, and just play around with it and just be a bunch of drunk, drunken jerks. I mean, I wasn't drinking, but you know, just you can take on that mindset. So I like the exploration part of that. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, if I sat, I would never bring it to game night and you know, I would only probably ever play the game with a bunch of friends of mine that I grew up with, you know, that we all know each other from all the different backgrounds and stuff. 
Um, but yeah, it's an interesting game, but it's also like, maybe I'm just like uniquely dark in my personality about, um, you know, piecing those things together. But anyway, that's the kind of interesting game to take a look at. Anyway, so that's my list. It's kind of a weird one at the end. Uh, so yeah, there we go. And you'll see more videos coming up and I'll have end of year videos and stuff probably first week of January, end of December, depending on how the holidays and how busy they are. So take care everyone. Bye.